Hello, welcome to Women of Substance. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Reverend Sandy Avery, and um, she lives now in Sarasota, Florida with her husband, Steve Avery. And Steve is a retired NFL football player. He played for the uh, a couple of teams, but the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were the last team that he played for, and that's when um, Sandy met him and married him. And so they've been married um, around 28 years. They have four children, and uh, she'll, she'll tell a little bit about that throughout the interview. I just wanted you to uh, be inspired today by her life and her testimonies and just the love for God that she exudes. And you can tell that she and her husband, uh, their hearts are just to serve the Lord and really serve people and love people and help them in every way. So um, if you know somebody that needs some encouragement today, let them know about this podcast so they can listen and uh, hear these magnificent stories about how good God is um, and be blessed today. Um, But I want you to just relax and uh, enjoy this very, very special interview. Hello, and welcome to Women of Substance. Today, I have a very wonderful guest, Sandy Avery, and she is a reverend, Sandy Avery. (laughs) Hey, hey, Sandy. Hey. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today. Mm -hmm. I'm just really thrilled that you agreed for me to interview you. And we've already talked about such exciting things, but we're going to we're going to rehash them. We're going (laughs) to repeat them so that everyone can hear. Um, Of course, Sandy is married to uh, Stephen Avery, and uh, many of you might know him, um, NFL retired football player for Pittsburgh Steelers. And he played for some other teams, too, that are very familiar. (laughs) But I guess you met him when he was playing for Pittsburgh, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all been married? 28 years. 28 years. 28 or 27? (laughs) Somewhere around there. Yeah. (laughs) And you have four children. We do. Yes. That's wonderful. They're they're all, well, all three of the four of them are taller than me. So. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, now you live in Sarasota. We do. Florida. And you've been there since 2020, right? Yes. Yes. So you're Floridian now. (laughs) We are. Yeah. When it got into the fifties this morning, we were cold. I had to get yes. out a puffer coat to walk my dog. I'm official. <laughs> Isn't it something how that happens? Oh I went God. to exercise class and everybody was freezing. And I thought, you know, this is kind of ridiculous, really. I know. It's not freezing. <laughs> it's cold, but it's not freezing. Right. I know. Oh, my. We had well, the opportunity to go on a boat yesterday. And oh, you did? Yeah, down in the bay, and it was so beautiful, but it was freezing. It was just yeah. really windy, and I had to keep saying to myself, stop it. It's not cold. It's not like <laughs> freezing up in the north, cold and gray. It's windy. <laughs> yeah. Fine, yeah. <laughs> oh, so tell tell everyone a little bit about your background with the Lord. Yes. Well, when I was very young, I remember being saved very young, like in the Nazarene church, growing up with my mom. And, um, and as I was preparing for the interview, I was thinking about that. I do have very specific memories, like 
leaning over the the old wooden church pew, like crying and like bleeding with the Lord, you know, like uh-huh. it was five, six, maybe. <laughs> what was I pleading about? But mm-hmm. I just had a very, like a real sense of who God was or that he would want to be close to me, even yeah. at that young of an age, which I'm so thankful for, you know, yeah. seems like a foreign concept to a lot yeah. of people that yes, there's a God and yes, he wants to know you. Right. And isn't it nice that he really um, presents himself to children in such a loving, peaceful way that, uh, you know, I, I remember myself just yearning for the Lord at a very young age, like mm-hmm. you know, what you're talking about. I was at church with my grandmother and she played the piano for her church and she would have me stand up and sing, which I'm not a soloist, but you know, at five, I guess they didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you can almost sense the presence of God at that young age. And it's nice that we can um, encourage mothers to take their children to church. And it's okay if they sit with you right. in the meetings because right. they really can glean so much at a very, very young age about the Lord. Yeah, I feel like your their little spirits pick up more than you realize. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, we were in the uh, my parents had a really rocky marriage, and I remember one time we got in the car to go home, just my mom and I, and she was crying. I don't remember why, but she was upset about something, and and out of nowhere, I barely remember this, but I said mm-hmm. to her, um, "This too shall pass, mom," and she was like what did you just say? (laughs) I must have heard it in the service that day, you know, but it so marked her memory. She talked about it for years. Like it was so God that spoke to me that day, but it wasn't, you know, it just was, must've been something I picked up. It was God. Let's pick it up. Yeah. That's beautiful. So then tell us more about what happened. So I grew, you know, grew up going to church and uh, eventually my parents were divorced. And then my stepdad brought us to the Word of Faith Church. And so that's where I was filled with the spirit and um, began to mature and and understand more as a believer about faith. And um, I had a season, you know, in my twenties where I wasn't as close with the Lord, you know, sort of put on the shelf. Like I still want to be a Christian, but I want to do it my way sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And, um, and so of course that's, I wish I hadn't, you know, you know, but here we are today and (laughs) he's so faithful to us, even when we're not faithful to him. It's true. he drew me back in and thankfully we, I met my husband um, and we began going to church together right away. And, um, and it's been, he's just continually drawn us and, and loved us and, and just, that's just been a wonderful relationship since then. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. And then um, you and your husband had kind of a supernatural experience about Bible school. Yes. And and which includes Singapore. So can you tell us that? (laughs) Yes. So we, uh, like I said, we've been, you know, going to church. And so we, our church had a special meeting this specific, I think it was a Wednesday night or Sunday night. And um, 
And so Steve is a very big personality, like very charismatic guy. And so from the time we really started like walking with God and like putting our life back together, basically, um, he would be saying, Hey, let's go sell it all and go preach the gospel. You know, <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, but let's, you know, get, let's get it together first. Like, let's be practical. And <laughs> so we're at the service, this, um, this special service and Patsy Caminetti was there and she was sharing that their ministry was moving from Italy to Singapore. And so exciting, you know, then she goes on with her message. And so the next day we wake up and Steve went to work and we had just had this women's conference at our church. It was like a retreat. And so it was all exciting and there's so many good things happening, you know? So he goes to work. I'm at home. I have the two our two young daughters and I just could not function all day long. I was like, what is wrong with me? You know, like I'm pretty structured and organized. And so I always have a list. I'm, I'm working through the list. You know, I couldn't even <laughs> think like I was thinking, what, what is wrong with me? I can't get moving. And so I'm like, Lord, what is this? You know, am I, do I need to pray for someone? Or so I call my husband, is everything okay? Like, I'm just feeling a little off. Like, I don't know what's, and he's like, no, no, everything's good. You know, <laughs> my mom and she's like, no, honey, everything's fine. And so I'm just, I can't even unload the dishwasher. I'm just standing there like, what am I doing? You know? So finally I call him again. I'm like, what is, is, is everything? Like, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I thought maybe I've like offended someone at the, at the women's conference. Is that it, Lord? Like I'm really slipping <laughs> my heart. And, um, so I call Steve again and he says, do you think this could be like ministry related? You know, he's kind of asking me leading questions and I'm like, Oh, you know something. And you're not telling me what's going <laughs> on. And he was like, kind of stunned. Like, I, I can't believe it. So he tells me what happened. And what happened was that night before at the service, when Patsy said, we're moving to Singapore, he heard in his spirit, so are you. Mm. He said it just went in like a coin, just dropped into his heart. And he said he just sat there like, did anyone else hear that? Because it was so big to him, you know? Right. And he's like, oh, no, Lord, I am not telling her that. If that's you, you're going to have to tell her. Sure right. to think I'm crazy, you know? <laughs> so he tells me what happened. And I said, that's it. That's exactly what that is. All the funk cleared. I could think. I'm like, okay, let's pack. You know, like just completely <laughs> went in. Like, and so it was a couple, I think it was like three to five months later, we were actually on the plane mm. flying to Singapore. And you had two babies. Yeah. So my our oldest daughter, Sophia, was three. <laughs> our younger daughter, Olivia, was like 15 months. Oh my. It was it was quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you uh, attended then Rama, yes, uh, in Singapore. Yes. Yeah, so our first year we attended there, and it was such a series of events to get there because you you can't just move to Singapore. You can't just buy a one way ticket. You have yeah. to have a reason you're going. You have to 
proof, you know, proof of employment, those types of things. And so school wasn't enough, even like just the fact that we were enrolled in the, in the Bible school. So, um, my husband had to try to get a job and, you know, we don't know anybody there. (laughs) We don't know how their system works. And so he, at the time worked for Citigroup and he was trying to apply, you know, for positions within Citigroup in Singapore, everything fell like empty. And so we, I felt like in the spirit, I was on a treadmill and I was running. I mean, I got my list. I've got all these things to do and I would do as much as I could do. And then it would be like, I ran right into the wall Mm. and then I'd be like, Oh, it's never going to work. It's not going to happen. Like it's over, you know, (laughs) as soon as I would face that, like almost impossibility, it's like, it was like the Lord was just waiting for me to get my hands out of it. And he'd be like, (laughs) okay, now let me show up here and get some stuff. done." (laughs) So he, this guy randomly comes across Steve's resume in Singapore or no, it was in New York. And he said, well, we have this position open. It's for a Singaporean. We can't send you as an expat with all the fancy bells and whistles, but you know, you're welcome to interview for the job. And if, if he chooses to hire you, then you can get yourself over there and you can have it. And we were like, okay, we'll take it. (laughs) So in the meantime, we've been really praying like, Lord, we need a job to go. And we need a job that is going to allow Steve to not have to be there until noon because we have ministry school from nine to 12, basically every day. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know how this is going to come together. Like, Who's going to hire him and say, oh, you know what? Just show up at noon every day. It's fine. You know, (laughs) so he gets the interview finally with the guy in Singapore who um, did eventually hire him. And he says, well, you know, this might not appeal to you as an American, you know, because our day typically doesn't start till like 12, one o'clock each day because we Mm -hmm. work at the New York Stock Exchange and because of the time difference. Yeah. We were like, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Works perfectly. Works perfectly. Oh. Another like wonderful way that God just kept showing up, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting how when he asks us to do something, he provides everything for it and just opens everything up. Yeah. Because impossible things, really. Really? Didn't even think of. Y'all are on a YouTube. Yes. Hey, Avery's YouTube channel. Yes. Hey, Avery's. And yes. uh, it's encouraging. Is it daily every day that you do that? Or well, we do every Friday. We every are right Friday. now. Every Friday we're putting up a video. We're wanting to move it to two a week, but for right now it's, it's once a week. That's great. And very yeah. encouraging. I've watched several of them. And one of them, you told a testimony about your daughter in Singapore. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Olivia, yes. So I was at school and and I came back and I'm having a little bit of guilt, like my kid, you know, just wanting to be with my kids and like have time with them, even though like, you know, so much has changed in our life. So we're there and I get back from school and they're like toddlers, you know, my daughter, Olivia, like I said at the time, she was maybe 18 months when this happened. Yeah maybe 20 months, um, but she definitely wasn't two yet. So 
my older daughter was probably three and a half. So we are, they wanted to go outside and we had this, um, we lived in like a condominium complex and they had a little playground and a pool. And so they were like, let's go outside, you know? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, didn't want to, it was really hot, but I thought, well, all right, let's, let's do it. So we had this, we lived on the first floor and there's a little patio right outside of our door. So we could go from there around to the pool into the playground. So out we go. And Sophia is a little older. She's all excited. She's toddling real quick. And my daughter, Olivia, she's walking a little slower and she turns back to close the little gate that's on our patio there. Mm -hmm. And I'm between the girls and I look back and I'm like, honey, you don't have to close the gate. It's okay. Come on. But she was determined, right? So she leaned her hand up against the post and she closed the gate onto Mm. her finger, Mm. index finger. And, um, when she did, of course, she was screaming and mm. all the, and there was blood everywhere instantly. And mm. I, I grabbed her and I could see the tip of the finger was like flopping. It was like mm. loose, you know? Yeah. And I was like, so focused. And then, and I'm also thinking my other daughter's running right by the pool, you know, <laughs> like I'm trying really? to get her back. And so we had this young girl who lived with us at the time. And I yelled for her, like, bring me a white, clean towel, you know? So she brings me a towel and I just squeeze her finger. And um, I scooped up my purse with one hand and slid my flip-flops on and just carried her. Just, we ran out. Yeah. um, So I don't know how I knew this, but I knew that I couldn't just go to the emergency room. You have to have a slip from the clinic, a local clinic in order Mm. to be admitted. So, um, I'm a little panicked, you know, at this time we didn't have cell phones and so, and I'm in a foreign country and I'm thinking, this is my baby. Are they going to know what to do? Like, you know, and so I had to run basically about the length of a football field to get Mm. to the gate where I had to find my slider key and slot to get out of the gate street. So it's quite a, hustle, you know, I'm playing and panicking and trying not, you know, so I get out to the street, she's crying the whole time, like, Mm. and I'm trying to flag down a taxi. And so finally I get it, get a taxi and they take me to a clinic and I'm praying the whole time. I'm praying in the spirit. I'm just like trying to focus and just try to stay away from emotions. And I get there And the guy, um, he opens it up and he takes one little look at it. Well, first I'm in the waiting room and I happen to look over and on the floor, I kid you not, at the reception desk was a cockroach that was like this big. And he was like, pause up. (laughs) (laughs) cockroach. I don't know if it would have been better if he was living or dead, but either way, it was like (laughs) the creepiest bug. And I'm thinking, this isn't helping. (laughs) No. Oh. So he takes one look at her finger and he says, oh, no, close it up. You know, she needs to be seen at the children's hospital. And I said, "Okay, thank you. You know, he gives me the slip and I got to go another football field length back to the street, Mm -hmm. a taxi. Now we're on our way and it's 30 minutes downtown. Oh, my downtown hospital. And um, so at this point, I don't care who's listening. I don't care what they think. And I'm praying. And all I could think was, 
Now I'm in ministry school. I'm a believer. I've known the Lord all my life. I can't think of a single scripture. I can't think of anything. All I said was, God, I know, I don't know what's wrong with this little finger, but I know that you know, and I need you to fix it. Yeah. That was all I had in the moment. Right. As I continued to pray in the spirit, she just totally calmed. She just was very peaceful. She had her head on my chest and I'm still holding her finger, you know? Yeah. And, uh, cause she was, she was trying to pull at it when it was. Mm. So she's quiet and calm and up in my spirit rose the words. It's not as they suppose. Mm. And I just spoke it out. Yes, Lord. It's not as they suppose. I don't know what that means, but it's true. It's not yeah. as they suppose. Right. And so we get there and they sedate her. And they take a look at the finger and they, and they come back out and they say, Mrs. Avery, it's significantly worse than we thought. Mm. We thought maybe just she tore the fingernail, you know, sure. it's actually the nail, the nail bed and part of the flesh underneath mm. the partially amputated. Mm. She said there may be nerve damage. There may be discoloration. She may look a little disfigured. The nail may never grow back. We just aren't sure. Mm. So I'm going to set you up with a hand specialist and I want you to go and have her seen by him. It'll be seven days from today. Okay. So he wrapped it up. Now don't get it wet, but you know, keep it wrapped and clean and go back next week. Okay. And all the while I just had peace. I just knew that I'd heard the Lord say, it's not as they suppose. Yeah. I just held that. I held that, you know? Mm-hmm. So isn't it important? Those words that we hear, even if they're very simple words, simple, just to hold on to the, those words that proceed out of the mouth of God. Yes. And not to take lightly, you know, I think sometimes yeah. we get caught thinking, was that just me? Right. Did I just that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get to the doctor, the hand specialist. Oh, wait. So through those seven days, meanwhile, we're potty training. Oh. And so she gets excited one day and she says, look, like she peed in the potty. And she goes, look, I, I peed. And she stuck the finger. In the potty. <laughs> I'm like, no. Oh, no. So we had to go back to the clinic. He had to unwrap and and clean it and wrap it back up, you know, and now don't get it wet. (laughs) (laughs) So I get her, you know, to the specialist and he opens, you know, opens up the dressing and, and he's looking at it, you know, and he says to in very broken English, he says to the nurse, um, put a bandaid, fine, put a bandaid. And I'm like, what, what did you say? And he goes, uh, she's fine. She closed in gate. And I said, yes, she closed it in a gate. Oh, she's fine. She's fine. And I'm like, wait, can you look again? And he, he looks and I said, the finger was like amputate, like partially amputated. Look again. And he says, no, amputate mean to cut off. And I was <laughs> like, yes, yes. The finger. And he said, no, no, it's fine. Oh, She's fine. And I'm like, can I get it wet? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, 
it's fine. Oh, that's remarkable. Such a miracle. Yeah. Fingernail. I don't think she ever lost the fingernail. That's amazing. To this day, you can't tell. Like I can tell if I look at, I ask her sometimes, put them both together. So Uh I can tell one of them looks like, um, you put your fingernail in the cuticle and there's a teeny little white mark. Mm. So sometimes it just builds my faith just to look at her little fingers to the oh, sure. Oh. Finger. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The so, Lord is good. The Lord is so good. <laughs> and then later you had a, a, a son. We did, yes. Uh-huh. And there yeah. was another miracle. That was yes. So now fast forward, we've moved to Tulsa to finish our second year at Rama. And I'm pregnant with our son, John, and I go in for my appointment. And at this particular doctor, they would actually do an ultrasound every visit, which Mm -hmm. was so exciting because at the time when I had the girls, you just got one ultrasound through your entire pregnancy. And so I went to one of the visits and he says, "Um, I don't want to scare you but I do see there's a spot on the baby's brain. Mm. It's often indicative of something called Edwards syndrome. And I'm thinking, what is that? I don't know what that is. You know, what does this mean? Yeah. And it's a chromosome issue, which is similar to down syndrome. But if a baby is born, if they make it through the birth process, they typically don't live past one year. Mm. And so it was off. Obviously, it was devastating news. Yeah. Um, and he said, no, it might not be, but I have to share that this is what I'm seeing. You know, right. I said, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to agree with him, but I was also very pregnant and hormonal and just trying to, I knew not to give way to the wave of emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. I knew, And I'm a ministry school student. And so. I know the word, I know, I know who I am, but I'm just trying to stay focused. You know, when you get news like that, it really can knock the wind out of you. Of course. And so I just stayed steady, you know, and I drove home and I wasn't crying. I was trying to just keep it together. But the minute I walked in the door and I saw my husband's sweet face, I just like fell on him. Like I just collapsed. Yeah. And I shared the news with them and it was just that wave of emotion just swept me, you know, and he, meanwhile, had been staying up, you know, he would go to school till noon, go to work until seven or eight, and then he would come home and he would be staying up until two, three in the morning, studying about the power of praying in the spirit and the value of being led by the spirit of God. And he was really studying the Holy spirit at that time. And so we're, I'm sitting there at the table, sharing it with him. And he just like rose up like a lion. And he said, no. And he slammed his hand down on the counter, the table. Uh Like it was shocking, you know, (laughs) it came out of his spirit and there was a thing in it. And right. it rattled me back, you know, back to center. Mm-hmm. And I was so thankful, so thankful. Yeah. And so we just began to pray and declare the truth and believe that 
no weapon formed against us would prosper, that our baby would live and not die. Yeah. And so about, I, I think that they were two week appointments at that point. Um, so when I went back, there was no spot on the brain mm. and he since has been always tested like a year or two years, sometimes three, four years above where he should have been grade level in school. Praise God. Like reading comprehension was like a sophomore in college when he was in like fifth grade. Like oh, it's amazing. like God took what the enemy meant for evil. Yeah. Doubled up on it, you know, sure. way yeah. up ahead. And oh, so thankful. And he's in school now. Is that what? Yeah, no, he's in ORU. He's actually coming home today. Oh, so and my daughter Olivia is coming home today too. So How wonderful! We're excited to see get our well, kids. Sure. Yeah. And he's in music ministry there. He is in well. He's a ministry major, and he uh-huh. is a worship leader also. So he's involved Fantastic. there. Yeah, some different things that, that they have going on. Yeah, praise God. It's awesome to see that your kids like step into their calling and watch how yeah. God is, you know, they're putting their giftings in the right place for the Lord. Yeah. To <sighs> Things better than that. I know it. It's beautiful, isn't it? Um, another thing that y'all have done, you've done many things um, and we've talked about some of them, but one of the things that I felt was interesting is you worked with um, uh, some of the male population that uh, addicts that were recovering. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I'd love to. So when we were in Pittsburgh, we worked with an organization called the Hope Home, and it's a recovery program. Uh, They had a men's home and a women's home. Mm -hmm. Um, We got connected with the men's home, and there were, uh, at one point, there were 26 men. And so we had like a bit of a small group with them, (laughs) I guess small. and. (laughs) <laughs> they they would come to our small group and after a while at the church we were at we were a little too big so we had to move locations <laughs> so we so enjoyed them they became like sons to us mm. um, some of them were like big scary guys you know if you sure. A woman alone on the street and ran into some of them you'd be a little tense you know right but they were like soft clay in our hands. Mm. They were yielded to the Lord. Some of them were really struggling, but they wanted to do what was right. They wanted to get their life together. They wanted to walk with God. And it was such a privilege to be able to love on them and pour into them and watch them like, you know, receive encouragement and hope. Yeah. Um, So we met with them once a week. We had Christmas parties at our house and (laughs) food and we'd play, you know, they'd come over and play basketball at our, you know, in our driveway. That's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. They called me mama Avery. Some of them were (laughs) power over my husband, even like, you know, (laughs) that is awesome. Yeah. And then you took some mission trips to Africa. Yes. Well, I didn't. But Steve did. He went to Africa several years in a row uh, with an awesome ministry program called Mission SOS. Okay. uh, He calls them his radical mission buddies. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, they're they're really on fire. They hold 
huge crusades. They take like a couple hundred people and they train them and they go and they do these events in the streets. They just show up in the street and they all get out of the bus and they have rehearsed and practice these dances and these skits. And so they start playing fun music and, and they draw a crowd and then they perform the skit, which is the story of, you know, the crucifixion and the resurrection. And they teach the people through the play because, you know, there's the language barrier. Right. And then they invite everyone to the festival, which is at the end. And at the end, there's thousands and thousands of people and they're able to minister the gospel and they document the salvations and pray with people to be delivered from demonic oppression and yeah. The Holy Spirit baptized. It's an amazing organization. That's so good. Yeah. I'm glad that there's organizations that are reaching out like that, that allow you know, the full gospel to be preached. It's just beautiful. Yes, it is. And it's mm-hmm. such an honor to have any little part of serving the people, you know, partnering with the great I am to do some teeny little piece of. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it all makes such a difference. Sometimes I think uh, we think what we're doing is just is small and maybe even insignificant, but God can use, you know, anything that you do for him, he can magnify it and use it. And sow it as seed in people's lives that, you know, sometimes we don't even know the impact that we've made because of the Holy Spirit or the word of God. And then years later, sometimes we even hear um, you know, what's happened. And that's always fun to hear. Absolutely. Testimony. Like, wow, <laughs> <Sometimes>, that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sometimes we don't ever know what happened, but sometimes we do. It's, it's really neat. Yeah. Um, I know we've been talking for a while, but I, I do um, want you to tell a little bit, a little bit about um, your, uh, I think you ministered at a fellowship of Christian athletes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you mean the marriage conference? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the privilege of ministering. We were the keynote speakers at a marriage. It was like a retreat, like at a weekend event Uh was through the the fellowship of Christian athletes and it was called coaches timeout. So just the coach, you know, all the men, the coaches and their wives. And um, there were over 200 uh, people Mm -hmm. there and it was amazing to be able to just be so authentic, you know, and just share like from our vantage point, how we worked through some big issues in our marriage, yeah. just going from NFL life to normal life, right? very difficult. And before I had made that transition myself, I was admittedly judgmental of the women that I knew or that I watched go before me in that transition and think, wow, what are they just in this for the the lights and the money? You know, like how, yeah. why they, everybody's divorcing. Yeah. And we made the transition ourselves. And I thought, oh gosh, this is, this is not for the week. Yeah. <laughs> so we were able to actually share that, you know, and just be vulnerable and real with them. And of course, you know, it isn't the exact same dynamic having, you know, but, but living the coaching life and, you know, just understanding your role as the husband and as the wife and how to yield into him and 
realizing that you're not in it alone, that making the Lord the center of your own heart and Mm -hmm. each, then that's how it works. You know, that's the way it works, really. Well, sure. It was really a privilege. That's great. It it would have to be such a demanding lifestyle uh, to to be a player or even a coach um, that Mm -hmm. it it seems like you would have to have some help from God. (laughs) God. I have a couple of girlfriends now whose husbands are even high school coaches. Mm -hmm. And they they laugh and say, yeah, I'm a football widow until... (laughs) November or whatever, you know, <laughs> exactly. And uh, I know it's, it's harder than that. Girlfriends whose husbands coach in the NFL will get their kids in the car, drive up with some fast food and sit in the parking lot with him. He'll come out, mm. they'll eat a quick 30 minute meal together. And then he's got to go back. And that's pretty mm. much all they see him a few days a week like that. So it's, right. it's different. It's definitely yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad that you're able to share uh, with so many about the importance of being with God and him being in the middle of a marriage. Really, he needs to be in the middle of every marriage, right? Sure. Yes. And I think um, it's it's good to be real with people because people, you know, tend to look at someone like Steve and me who've been married for a long time and you know, everybody has somebody where they look up to them or, you know, you think like, oh, well, you know, somebody and you think, well, they have it all together. They don't really have any problems, you know, but everybody has issues. And I always feel like we just put it all out there, you know, because if it can help someone, you know, or just catch, catch the fire that yes, there's hope, you know, isn't it? The so I think the yeah. enemy just tries to make you feel isolated and like you're the only one that feels right. that way. And it's such a lie. We all yeah. feel that way. Women feel the same. Men feel the yeah. same. It's true. Yeah. And when you are authentic, um, you're, you know, people can relate. You're relatable. And yeah. that really helps people let down their guard and say, well, if they did it, we can do it. Yeah, for sure. The help they need. Absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful, Sandy. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for all that you do and are doing. And uh, we're our, you're in our prayers, you and Steve. We just thank, thank God for what he'll do in your future. We just know the future's bright. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and uh, thank you for being on the podcast today. Yes, thank you for having me. It's really an honor. Appreciate you asking and we'll have some information come up with your website and um, the YouTube so that others can get in touch with you or hear some more of your wonderful testimonies and just the the uh, love for God that you and your husband have. It's yes. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Well, I hope that you enjoyed today and I hope that you will call somebody, let them know about this podcast today with Sandy. Think about people that need to hear what she's saying or and what her husband and uh, the two of them are ministering together uh, and uh, encourage others to listen because, you know, you, you never know what people are going through. And sometimes you think, gosh, I just wish that um, I could help them somehow. And many times it's through others experiences with the Lord 
that uh, they can be helped or encouraged. So let other people know about this wonderful couple. Well, until next time, God bless you. Thank you again for joining us. And I just want to let you know that these Women of Substance podcasts are the first and third Fridays of every month. So we do two a month just to encourage and empower you and inspire you. Tell other people about them when you listen to them and it means something to you. Let some other people know about it because we really want to get the word into women's hearts that they are significant, they're important to God, and they can do what he's called them to do. If you would like to donate to Women of Substance podcast, uh, we appreciate your support because it does cost finances to get these done and we uh, appreciate any support. Uh, we've had probably about 30,000 listeners and uh, it's just so exciting to hear people tell me, Scarlett, I, I heard this interview or I heard your teaching on this and it really helped me. It, it brought me to a place of faith when I was struggling or, you know, a situation that um, it, it got me through that situation. So um If you would like to contribute also, you can do that by going to scarlethorton.com. Also, if you need prayer, uh, we would love for you to write prayer requests. We love to pray and we'd love to pray for any needs that you have at office at scarlethorton.com. Also contact us. We have a Grace and Faith magazine that we put out usually once a quarter and it gives information about Horton Ministries. My husband, David Horton, and I travel overseas a lot. We give reports of where we've been and the many people that have gotten saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, the miracles that God does. And I know that you would love to read that magazine as well. So let us know if you'd like it. And then we want to invite you, if you're in the Tampa Bay area on vacation, or maybe you live down here, and you didn't know that there is a Word of Faith Grace Church called Grace Harvest Church, and it's in holiday, and uh, we would love to have you come. We have services uh, Sunday morning at 10 and Wednesday night at 7. So I know that you would love our church. Then also on our website, we have a lot of faith-building resources. David has written some books and I've written a book and a workbook, and then we have some new books coming out very soon. So uh, these resources would help you, and they're uh, scarlethorton.com, and you can go on and see those if you would like to purchase those. And then if you would like to book us for an event, any kind of conventions or conferences, we love to minister and travel and preach as well. So uh, we'd love to do that. Again, if you need prayer, don't hesitate. We know God hears and answers prayer. God bless you.